0: Today we're starting a brand new series called God's Gym. And it's about uh, keeping your spiritual life in shape. God's Gym, keeping your spiritual life in shape. And it says this, physical training, promise for both the value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things holding promise for the present life and the life to come. Now, uh, I don't know if any of you have noticed, but uh, we are already in the middle of spring training. Anyone else else notice that? Uh, I know it seems like, how can it be, because we're still having snow here, and we have all these icy conditions, but that's right. Uh, Major League ball players are suffering in Florida, getting ready to spend the summer playing a child's game. They've got it hard, don't they? And they really need to spend this time getting in shape, right? They really need to spend some time in that because uh, we all know that if you're going to be in great physical shape, well, that doesn't just happen, right? Wouldn't it be nice if it just happened to you? But it (laughs) it doesn't just happen. You have to put forth some effort. You have to get out there. You have to get in the gym, get some exercise, and just, well, get in the game. And the same is true of your spiritual health. Being in great spiritual shape doesn't just happen either. You have to put forth some effort. You have to, uh, you have to put forth some, some spiritual exercise. And if you stop trying, the same thing happens. You, you kind of uh, gradually get out of spiritual shape. You tend to fall out of spiritual shape. And if you don't believe that, I'd like to introduce you to dozens of people that I know and have come across in my years of ministry who got lazy, spiritually and gradually fell out of spiritual shape and they stopped coming to church they stopped going through their spiritual exercises stopped listening to god's word stopped obeying god's word and uh, uh, and eventually it led to spiritual sickness they had a spiritual heart attack along the way or a spiritual stroke and what i mean is that um they eventually became spiritually unhealthy and they find themselves in a place that they never thought they would be or they find themselves doing things that they never thought they would, would do, or, or they find themselves in some challenge that comes along and they, they find that they're so spiritually out of shape that they don't have the spiritual strength that it takes to meet that challenge. And so the aim of this series is to encourage us to stay in or maybe get back into spiritual shape. And uh, and so I'm excited about this series. It's gonna, I anticipate it being a four-part series. Today, we're going to talk about exercising your faith. And then next week, we'll talk about wrestling with God. And then the week after that, we'll be uh, running the race, and then finally, we'll talk about playing on God's team. So we want to do some special things with that, too. I think uh, the last one's on March 31st. We're going to have what we're calling uh, Jersey Sunday that day, right? You remember at Christmas, we had sweater Sunday, Christmas sweater. Well, this is going to be Jersey Sunday. We'll be talking about playing on God's team. So I'm going to encourage you all to wear the jersey of your favorite shirt that Sunday. Would that be okay? All right. right. I mean, if you don't want to, you don't have to, but uh, we thought it might be a little bit of fun. All right. So, and so I'm really looking forward to this series because I believe God's going to encourage us. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to build up our faith. And I believe that he's preparing us to be champions for him. He's preparing us to be overcomers for him. All right. So, um, God's gym exercising your faith today. Today's message is on exercising faith. James chapter two, 17 says this, Faith by itself is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. All right. Uh, Would you pray with me? Would you pray this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, please give me ears to hear what you're saying to me. And give me eyes to see what you're doing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Faith by itself. If it's not accompanied by action, and here I think we could substitute the word exercise without doing too much damage to the text, is what? Dead. Dead, right. Faith is an action word. Faith does stuff. You know, there's this popular idea out there about faith that kind of goes that, you know, faith is kind of a passive thing. It's maybe just a set of beliefs that's faith. Or, or maybe faith is something you just do once a week for an hour On Sunday morning, but that idea doesn't really bear any resemblance to anything we see in the Bible about faith in The Bible you see faith being acted on all the time people had faith in Jesus and did what they brought people who needed to be Healed to him why because they had faith in the Lord Jesus and over and over again all through the scriptures We see people who had faith in God doing something and acting on that faith in God. We see them putting faith into practice, getting into the game, and taking on every challenge that comes its way. God wants you to exercise your faith so that you can become spiritually strong. And so today we're going to look at how. How God trains us. How God wants to train us to exercise our faith. And so we're going to look at three ideas, three principles in the Bible about how God trains us to exercise our faith. So you ready? Here they are. First principle. First idea this morning, if you're taking notes, is this. God wants to increase your spiritual endurance. God wants to increase your spiritual endurance. Look at the letter from James, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. He says this. Consider it. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How many of you, when you were at trial, say, yay, pure joy? But here he says it. Consider it pure joy. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Then he says this. Let perseverance finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you know that these many trials that we go through in life tend to test your faith? Is there anyone here this morning who has never had a trial? Let me see your hand. Okay, nobody. Any of you who have never had a trial and and you feel like your faith has never been tested? Let me see your hand. All right. Wouldn't it be nice if life was free of trials? I mean, free of worries, free of difficulties, free of challenges, free of problems, right? It seems like that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Some of us would like to have just like a weekend like that, right? Or maybe just a day like that sometimes, right? But the fact is, is that if if, if life was like that, it would lead us to spiritual weakness. It would lead us to being out of spiritual shape. Because the fact is, life is filled with many kinds of trials. Jesus said said that in the world, you will have trials. You will have tribulation. And God intends that this testing of our faith produces something. Look at it again. You know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance, right? The testing of your faith produces perseverance. That is, it makes you stronger. It makes you better. It makes you able to endure more stuff. You know, I can remember uh, a few years ago, I began uh, working with a nutritionist. Have any of you ever done that? Work with a nutritionist, and uh, he was adjusting my diet and my eating habits and all of that. And uh, and uh, after a little while, he began to introduce something new. It was called exercise. Oh. And uh, it it wasn't a lot. It was like 15 minutes on the treadmill, maybe three times a week or something like that, right? Um, so, uh, and if you knew me. If you knew me when I was young, when I was a teenager, I was in great physical shape. And uh, I was on the baseball team. I was on the basketball team. I played a little football as well. Uh, As a matter of fact, I can remember one day, uh, I think it was a Saturday, we had like a three-hour football practice. And uh, after the football practice, I didn't have a ride home. And I was away from home, so I just decided, well, I guess I'll just run home. And so after three hours of football practice, I started running. And I ran about three miles all the way home, and just like like it was nothing. And then I got a drink of water and I went on with my day. Right? Because back then, I was in great physical shape. So you know, um, when this guy said to get on the treadmill for 15 minutes, "Hey, no problem, right?" Wrong. <laughs> a big problem. You know, I went about three minutes, and I was huffing and puffing and, and panting and wheezing, and my lungs felt like they were going to explode, and my legs were burning. And I had to stop running and you know, walking. So when I first started that, it was three minutes running and three minutes walking and three minutes running and three minutes walking to get through 15 minutes. But you know what happened as I kept at it? After a little while, I could do four minutes running and two minutes walking, and then six, and then eight, and then 10, and then the whole 15 minutes. And then it wasn't long after that where I was able to run a half hour without, without stopping. You know, because what was happening? Building up endurance. Now, that's what God wants to do with your faith. Just like an athlete tests the limits of their physical training in the gym, so these trials of many kinds test your faith. It's like life wants to say to you, okay, you say you've got faith. All right, let's test that. Do you have three-minute faith? Do you have 10-minute faith? Do you have 12-minute faith? 15-minute faith? Or do you have the kind of faith that can go the distance and finish the race? Many trials, it says, they do what? They test your faith. And every time your faith is tested, God wants the testing to produce what? More perseverance, more endurance, more spiritual endurance. So God, like this coach, he's saying to you, you know, don't give up. You're in a trial. You're in something difficult. You're in a, a situation that you wouldn't have chosen for yourself, and you don't know why this has come into your life. God says, don't think it's strange. God's on the sideline saying, you know, you can do it. You can make it. Persevere a little bit. Persevere in your faith. Persevere in your, in your trust. Don't give up. Keep at it. Endure this testing, this trial. It's not going to crush you. It's not going to defeat you. It's going to make you stronger as you persevere. Look at the results of it in verse 4. He says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Hey, you know what that's the picture of? That is the picture of a champion. Someone who's mature complete, lacks nothing. This is someone who has faced trials of many kinds, someone who didn't give up when it got difficult, someone who who persevered and then persevered some more and then persevered some more and overcame through every trial, through many trials. Perseverance, endurance. You know, and it may be unnoticeable at first, but one day you look at this person, and instead of seeing a spiritual weakling, you see a spiritual champion. That's God's goal for you. He wants to make you into a spiritual champion. Mature, complete, not lacking anything. Able to face anything that comes with a strong faith in God. Able to go the distance. God wants to increase your spiritual endurance. And then secondly, God wants to prove to the world that you are the real deal. Look at 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. He says this, now... For a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That your faith may be proved genuine. All right, I need a volunteer right now, someone to help me with this illustration. Uh, oh, how about OJ? Thanks, OJ. Hey, can you all give it up for OJ? There we go. He's going to come over here. He's going to stand right here. All right, he's going to stand right here. Now, I have here with me um, some things that I brought, all right? Now, they're yellow. They come in a stick. One of these is, can you see those? Can you, can you all see them? If I come down a little bit. Okay. I, don't want, I don't want them to fall off the plate, all right? It's not Jesus, no. <laughs> uh, the, for those of you who are new, that's a reference to a sermon a couple weeks ago, which is awesome because it tells me somebody remembers the <laughs> sermon from a couple weeks ago. All right, so on one of these plates, I have something real. It's called butter. All right, and it's, I mean, butter like your grandmother used to cook with butter, right? I mean, the type of thing that should be melting over uh, corn on the cob, you know, or or cornbread, or something like that on popcorn, right? And on the other plate, I have something that's not real. It's fake. Now, one is real, and one is fake, all right? Um, The fake thing is called Crisco. It's fake. Now, it says on the package, hey, use this instead of butter. But it's got something nasty in it or something, of uh, partially hydrogenated soybean oil or something. I don't know what's what in there, right? It's fake. It's real. So, But when you look at them, you can't really tell the difference, can you? I mean, they're both yellow. They both come in a stick. They're kind of the same kind of um, uh, consistency. All right? And, uh, so OJ here, he's going he's to try them. You're not allergic to anything, are you? Okay, good. Well, here you go. Here you go. There's a crack. Why don't you try that? Tell me what you think. How many of you think this one's the butter? OJ, you think that one's the butter? Okay, now try this one.
1: Tell me what you think.
0: <laughs> what do you think? He can't tell the difference. Oh, my goodness. My whole illustration is ruined. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Afterwards, I'll let you all come up. And, what's that? A little saltier? Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, that went somewhere I didn't expect. So. All right. Thank you. Thank for OJ. Now. Uh, maybe they're getting better at the fake stuff. I don't know. But I'll tell you what. You put it on cornbread and all that type of stuff, you can tell the difference, can't you? You know uh, that stuff they say, you can't believe it's not butter? How many of you believe that? All right, I can believe that it's not butter. All right? There's something about the real thing. And even though they look similar and... Uh, they're a similar color, similar texture. When you try them, or at least when most of us try them, you can tell the difference. It's the trial uh, that reveals uh, the genuineness of it, right? Once you try it, you know. All right, so um, trials reveal whether your faith is genuine or not. If you're a runner, it's one thing to be in training. It's another thing to step out on the field with ten or twelve runners, all of whom who are trying to beat you, right? If you're a basketball player, it's one thing to practice foul shots all day in the gym. It's another thing to step out on the court when there's someone in your face trying everything they can to stop you from scoring, right? If you're a, if you're a baseball hitter, um, it's one thing to take batting practice and hit a couple over the fence. It's another thing to go out there when there's someone on the mound doing everything that he can to send you back to the dugout with your head hanging low, right? The trial proves the genuineness of it and so it's one thing to be a christian you know and come to church and say hey you know i'm a i'm a christian here and uh but it's another thing to step out into the world you know when 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 you're here at church it's kind of like being in the gym right Everybody's encouraging you. Everybody's building you up. Everybody's saying, hey, you can do it. You can do it. Hang in there. Everybody's like a spiritual coach when you're in here. But, uh, and that's important. It's, a, it's important to be in the gym, isn't it? Because if you're never in the gym, then when you get out in the field, you're not going to be able to handle it. But the day comes when you have to step out onto the field. You, de- the day comes when you have to get into the game and it gets real and you're in a, and you're in a pressure situation. And the trials come. And the world wants to know what you're made of. Because they've seen enough fakes. Right? They've seen enough imitation. They've seen enough, enough Crisco Christians. They've seen enough people who are doing one thing in the gym and another thing on the field. right? Doing one thing in the church and living a different way on the field. And they want to know, are you the real thing? I mean, when the trial comes, when the pressure gets um, turned up, are you the real deal? And not only does the world want to know, you know, the devil wants to know that, too. You know, listen to this. In the book of Job, it says that the devil went before God and accused Job to God's faith. And he said, you know, uh, this guy Job, of course he serves you. Nothing ever goes wrong in his life. You know, but you watch. If stuff starts to go wrong in his life, he'll, he'll just stop praising. He'll disown you altogether. But even after he lost his entire family in a day, Job continued to bless God and to worship God and be faithful to God. And even after he lost his health, Job continued to bless God and worship God and be faithful to God. Job was the real deal. Hey, did you know that the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren? The devil accuses you. The devil wants to accuse you to God's face. And the devil wants to accuse you to the world. To say that you're just a substitute. You know, you're you're just nothing more than spiritual Crisco. But every time you face a trial and you praise God through it, and you love God through it, and you have faith in God through it, you, you act like a Christian through it. Your faith is proved genuine. It proves to the world that you are genuine and that the God you serve is the real deal. And not only that, it gives God a chance to rub the devil's face in it. You know, God said to to the devil afterward, hey, did you consider my servant Job? Even though he's gone through all of this stuff, he remains faithful to me. In other words, God was proud of him. God was bragging about him. You know what? That's what God wants to do with you. God wants to be proud of you. God wants to brag about you. Hey, have you considered my servant Jesse? You see all the things he's going through? Devil, have you considered him? He's faithful. Hey, uh, devil, have you considered my servant Pat? See how faithful she is? She's gone through all this stuff. Have you considered my servant Mary? Have you, put your name in there. Have you considered my servant? How faithful they are in the midst of all of this stuff. They are the real deal. That's what God wants to say about you. That's what God wants to say to the devil about you, that you are the real deal. God wants to increase your endurance. God wants to prove that you are the real deal. And then lastly, sometimes when you're in training, God wants you to trust your coach. Sometimes when you're in training, your coach asks you to do something that you don't understand. How many of you remember a movie called Karate Kid? All right, all right, most of you. And uh, in Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, he makes this deal with uh, Daniel to teach him to defend himself from bullies using karate. And for the first several days, Mr. Miyagi has him uh, do all of these chores all day long, waxing his car, painting his fence and uh, scrubbing his floors. You know, you remember, wax on, wax off, right? Wax on, wax off. You all got it. Wax on, wax off. And then he had to paint the fence, right? Up, down, like in this motion. Up, down, up, down. Up, down, doing this motion all day. And then scrubbing the floors like this. Had to be that motion. Scrub the floors. And and pretty soon, Daniel's getting pretty upset. And he's about ready to quit. He thinks he's just being used uh, to get chores done. And he's not learning karate at all until Mr. Miyagi um, shows him the true purpose for all of these trials of these things that he's putting him through. You know, sometimes God wants to exercise our faith by following and trusting him when it doesn't make sense, when life doesn't make sense. He wants us to exercise faith when we can't see the reason for what is happening. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says this, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see now how many of you would rather have that verse read something like this faith is the confidence of what we already have and the assurance of what we can see am i the only one i would you know sometimes i'd rather have that verse say something like that you know because when i make a decision when i have to take a step in life i want to see what's in front of me am i the only one You want to know what's in front of you. I want to see all of the variables, all the possibilities. I want to have every piece of information that I can have. And uh, I want to know everything that is going to happen. I want it to be predictable. And the problem is, the faith life is not always predictable. You don't always know what's going to happen. Sometimes you have to, that's what walking in faith is. That's what the evidence of things not seen is. We can't see what's going to happen, but we have faith that God is with us. Um, I, need a, I need another volunteer. OK. Is, is, that, is that Ben Derry there? see well, who's this? How about? <laughs> come on. I want to see back here? Yay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Come on up here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. For helping. All right, now stand there. Stand right over here. Do you trust me? Right, right, over, right over here. All right. You trust me, okay? Yeah. I mean, I promise you, I'm not going to do any, I would not do anything to hurt you. I would not do anything, uh, um, to, you know, to harm you in any way or anything like that. You trust me, right? And, uh, um, and uh, trust me enough to follow my instructions. I mean, I promise I'm not going to do anything to hurt you or anything like that. You trust me? All right, good. All right, Why don't you take a step forward. All right, good. Take a step to the left. Good. All right, take a step back. All right, now take a step to the right. All right, where you started. All right, great. She, she trusted me. Now, that wasn't that hard, was it? I mean, she didn't even hesitate. She trusted me. And, uh, and it's kind of easy when you can see what's going on, right? So why don't we just up the stakes a little bit, all right? I have one of these. This is a blindfold. Would you put that on? It's upside down. It goes this way? OK. Put that on. Now, can you see anything? No. All right. Can't see anything, all right? Good, she can't see anything. All right, do you trust me? All right, you still trust me? I pro- you know, that I'm not going to do anything to, to harm you, hurt you. I have your best interest in, in mind, right? You, you, you trust me. All right, you trust me enough to do everything I ask you to do? All right, great. All right, so um, hold on a second. All right, now, take a step forward. Take a step backward. Take a step to the left. Alright, now take a step to the right. Alright, now uh, take a step backwards. Take a step forwards. Alright. Now, without feeling anything, sit down. There you go. Alright, wait, 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 keep keep the blindfold on. You still trust me? All right, open your mouth. All right, trust me, I'm going to put something in it. All right, open it up. Bigger, okay. All right, now, chew. All right, you like that? All right, take that. You can take the blindfold off. All right, and you can take the cookie with you. You can have the cookie on Oh, now, let me, let me ask you, was it, was, it, was it easier to trust when you could see everything? Yeah, was it? It's easier to trust when you can see everything, isn't it? How many of you would be honest and say, if you were up here with a blindfold, you would have been, no, I don't trust you, Pespa. <laughs> uh, where would you have stopped? I mean, would you, have, you, would you have been okay with the step forward, step to the left, step to the back? Okay. What about when I said, sit down? Uh, no? She didn't hesitate. Even though she kind of missed a little bit, she didn't. Hesitate. She sat right down trusting that, hey, I had that right there. But y'all are like, no, I wouldn't have sat down. How about when I said, okay, open your mouth? No. Any of you would have trusted me with that? No. Y'all like, no, no. <laughs> well, that's a good thing for you. I'm not God. <laughs> all right? And so, but when God tells you to take a step in the dark, you can trust him, right? Because... Sometimes exercising faith requires us to trust God, to take a step when we don't see what's in front of us, when we don't know what the outcome will be. Because faith isn't seeing. Faith is trusting the one who can see. And when you're in the dark and you can't see anything, faith is trusting the one who can see in the dark. The Bible says that even the darkness Is light to him. So if you feel like you're in the dark and you don't know what to do next and you just, and and you don't know what life is throwing at you, trust the one who can see in the dark. You know, I can remember when I, uh, oh, some, oh, over 20, well, about 20 years ago, I had been a pastor for some time, uh, an associate pastor, and God was beginning to move on my heart and say, you know, if you're going to be everything that I want you to be and become and develop, there's going to be a move coming. And That unnerved me a little bit, because up till that point, I was about 30 years old. I'd never made a big move away from home, really, I mean, for kind of a permanent move or anything like that. And uh, I also, at that time, my girls were four and two years old, and they were the only grandchildren on either side of the family. And I'm contemplating moving now eight hours away. What What do you think about that? And, but I know God's beginning to do this. And so I, put my, I took a, a step of faith. I put my resume out there and started contacting distant districts. And lo and behold, I got called from this church in York, First Assembly in York, across the river here. And they brought me down for an interview. I came down and candidated. Then they offered me the position of worship pastor there. This was back in 1998, late 1998. And uh, I remember they called me and offered me this position. And I said... Can I pray about it for several days? Which seems rather odd, you would think. I think from their perspective, here I put this out there, asked and then you know and they responded and because and I asked that because I was really struggling with this decision. I was struggling with faith with trusting God and I said, can I pray about it for several days? He said, okay, and I gave him a day, I would call him back. And I remember uh, I was miserable for several days. I mean I was just absolutely positively miserable because I was asking God, I kept praying to God, asking him for some sign. How many of you have asked God for a sign before Say, God, I want you to give me a sign. All right. I'm asking God for some sign. Show me what to do. Give me a sign with what I need to do. And the only thing God would say to me on the matter was, I'm not giving you a sign. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Now make a decision and trust me. And I didn't like that at all. I was not happy about that. Even though that's what he was saying to me, hour after hour after into, into days, I was praying, God, please just give me a sign. Please just give me a sign. I, I was really bucking against this. And the only thing, hour after hour into days, that God would say to me was, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Make a decision and trust me. And I got to tell you, I did not do well with that. I, I was a mess. I was, I was emotionally and spiritually a mess. And actually, I was a little bit upset with God. If I'm honest, some of you are going, oh my goodness, the pastor was like, you know, can I tell you something? Uh, Pastors have trials too. We are not some spiritual like superheroes or something like that. We're just people who want to do our very best to love God, right? And uh, to help other people love God. And so, I mean, I was struggling with this. and, uh, And this is all that God was, he was trying to show me something. I did not want to be shown anything except a sign. And so that day finally came when I had promised him I'd call him back with an answer. And all morning long, I didn't call him. All afternoon long, I didn't call him. All evening long, I didn't call him. And finally, about 11 o'clock comes. And um, Jill's in bed. And I go up there, and I'm, she's trying to sleep. And I'm like walking around, you know, all that. And uh, I finally called this guy about 11. I can't believe I did this. I call him like 11 at night at his house. Right, because I promised I'd call him that day. Right, God says about keeping your word and all of that. And when I called him, I didn't know what I was going to say to him. He answered, and I finally told him, um, "Yeah, we're coming." And Jill was very supportive. She was like unbelievably amazing. She just wanted me to make the decision, right? She, you know, uh, but very supportive and uh, amazing. And so I finally said to him, "Yeah, we're going to be coming." And the flood of peace that flooded into my heart in that moment and beyond was on. Un- well, it was unworldly, it was otherworldly, it was supernatural and, uh, and spiritual. God's peace flooded into my heart, because God had said what? The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And as we went forward with that, I began to learn something. You know, when you love God, when your heart is towards God, and you want to love God with all your heart, it's a little bit harder to mess up your life than you think it is. You know, some people think, you know, if I buy the wrong car, I'm going to mess up my life. My whole life will be ruined. You know, if you love God, you're seeking after God, seeking first the kingdom of God, you know, you're know, you not going to mess up um, your life, you know, by buying the wrong turkey at the supermarket that day. You know, or something. You know, some people feel that way. I'm just going to mess something up. If God is first place in your life, it's a lot harder to mess things up than you really think is. Why? Because even when you're walking in the dark, you're following the one who can see in the dark. Amen. Amen. You know, if I had said at that time, you know what, God? I trust you, but I am not making this decision. Would that have been faith? No. Right? Faith required me to make a decision and take that step in the dark. You know, if Peter had said, God, I trust you, I know you can do work miracles, but I am not stepping out of the out of this boat. Would that have been faith? No. Because... His faith prompted him to take action. He had to exercise his faith. If Esther had said, you know what, Lord, I believe you want to rescue your people, but I am not going to talk to that king, would that have been faith? No, her faith prompted her to take a step into the unknown, a step into the dark. If David, when Goliath was challenging everybody, had gone um, behind the lines of Israel and with all the Israeli armies in front of him had shouted out to him, hey, what do you think you're doing out there talking like that? Would that have been faith? No. But instead, he stepped out in front of those armies. Stepped out onto that field where he was exposed. And it was just him and the giant. And that giant said, am I a dog? Did you come out here? And he started He started uh, uh, blaspheming God and blaspheming the armies of Israel. And David said, uh, you come against me in, um, with a... With spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty and the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And God gave him a great victory that day. Caleb and Joshua had a heart to trust and follow God into the unknown to take the promised land. When the other ten spies and several million other peoples were crying that, oh, no, we're doomed. We'll never make it. We can't go there. Just Caleb and Joshua were saying, yes, We can do it. God says we can do it. Let's do it. Say, have you noticed that people name their children Caleb and Joshua? They don't name their children after the other 10 spies. Does anyone even know what the names of those other 10 spies are? We don't name our children after, after people who played it safe. We name our children after people like Joshua and Caleb and David and Esther and Peter and Abraham, people who trusted God in the dark. God wants you to exercise faith to increase your spiritual endurance. He wants to exercise faith to prove that your faith is the real deal, and he wants you to exercise faith trusting the author and finisher of your faith. And so, as we get ready to conclude this morning, I have this question for you. What do we do when we can't see a step in front of us And we're going through a really difficult trial. And there's pain, and and we don't know where we're going. I want you to watch this last short clip for me. It's from the movie Facing the Giants. And so let me set it up for you. The Giants are this football team, and uh, they haven't had a winning season in six years. They've grown used to losing. They expect to lose all their time. But their coach sees more in them. And he believes that they have the ability to go all the way. And he wants to call it out of them. And so he has Brock, the team leader, line up for what they call the death crawl. And the death crawl is this exercise where um, you get down on your hands and knees, and a teammate gets on your back, and you go for 20 yards carrying this teammate on your back. But this time it's different. The coach wants him to do it blindfolded so he can't see where he's going. Let's watch this clip for a minute.
1: I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. Yeah, <laughs> That's it, Brock. That's it. My 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey done. I'm
0: just rest in a second.
1: You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm he's heavy. I'm strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength. But don't you give up on me, Brock? You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. you not quit on me. You keep going. It hurt. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. Thirty more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. It burns. and let it burn. It's It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. Your back. Don't no, stop. Keep going. Just not who are you keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. Twenty more steps. Twenty more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your back. Don't quit. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Rock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. No Brock Kelly. You don't quit on me. Now you keep going, you keep going, go on, ten more steps, ten more, ten more, more. ten more. Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone.
0: Uh, you know, every time, I think I've seen that, that clip 50 times. And uh, every time I see it, it brings tears to my eyes because um, it reminds me, you know, that sometimes, I mean, there are things we go through in life. That man, they hurt and they burn, you know, and uh, and 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 we can't see where we go. We don't we we feel like we're blindfolded sometimes, and we don't know where we're going. But God, but God is in our ears, in our spiritual ears, saying, "Don't give up, don't give up, you can do it." And if you can't see, if you can't hear the voice of the Savior Spirit, He's saying, "Don't quit, don't give up, be strong." Be courageous. He's saying things like, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you even to the end of the age. He says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's saying things like, don't lose heart. Though outwardly you feel like you're wasting away, inwardly you are being renewed day by day. Your light and momentary troubles aren't worth comparing with the weight of glory that awaits you. Don't, fix, don't focus on what is seen and temporary. Fix your eyes on the unseen, on the eternal. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Because he says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised for those who love him. Saying, Jesus wants you to make the end zone. And he will be with you every step of the way. So I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe you're here and you feel like you know, you're know you you're really going through a trial. And you say, you know, Pastor Paul, please pray for me. I'm going through this thing. And I, and I just really need strength to keep my eyes on Jesus. Can I see your hand? I want to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to call you out, but yeah, I see all of those hands all over this place. You say, yeah, I just need to really keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going through something. Yeah, God sees all those hands. Go ahead and put them down for a minute. Maybe you're here this morning. You'd say, you know, Pastor Paul, I, I, I'm a Christian, but if I'm honest, the truth is I'm, I'm kind of spiritually out of shape. I, I've, I've let some things go, and, and now the stuff of life is really affecting me in ways that it didn't used to, but, but I want to change that this morning. I want to take steps to get back to where God wants me to be spiritually. You say, yeah, Pastor Paul, pray for me. That's me. And I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you. Thank you for those hands. Or anyone else who say, yeah, you know, I'm maybe just out of shape a little bit spiritually. Thank you for those, those hands. But I want to, this morning take whatever steps I need to. That may mean, you know, you need to get back into church more. You may need, you need to get back into the word more. Start doing some spiritual exercise. You know, but God wants to make you into a champion for him. Thank you for the, those hands. And let me ask you just one more thing. Maybe this morning you're here and you'd say, you know, Pastor Paul, I- I've really never been spiritual at all. I've never really given my life to Jesus before. This is all kind of new to me. But you'd say, you know what, Pastor Paul, I want to make it to the end zone. I-, I want that thing, that crown of life that you- you've been talking about. And I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. I, I know that I can't save myself and that, that Jesus is the only way and I need to, to trust Jesus and give my heart and life to Him and put my faith and trust in Him and you're ready to say, you know what, I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead and I want to open my heart to Him and you'd say, Pastor Paul, yeah, that's me. Remember me. You'd raise your hand right where you are. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you in any way and say, yeah, Pastor Paul, I need Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright, let's stand together. I want to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to just going to ask the prayer team to come one more time. There may be still some others who, who have something they want to pray about, if you could make yourself available. God, thank you for all of these people, these wonderful people, God, uh, these champions that I see before me, God. And God, you see all the hands that were raised, God, that said, you know what? There's something, some real trial that's coming into their hearts and their lives, God, That's and it's hard to see one way or the other. But God, they've said they want to make a commitment and renew a commitment to, to love you, to trust you with every step of the way. Minister to them, God. Give them the word that they need this morning, God. Uh, the word from you, the word from your spirit that they need in the name of Jesus, God. And God, for those who raised their hands and said, you know what, um, uh, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm kind of out of spiritual shape. I've... been. Um, <laughs> just kind of lax there and and I'm not in the type of spiritual shape I should be. God, you saw all of those honest hands that went up. God, minister to each one. God, speak to each one. Show them what they need to do, God, uh, to get back into spiritual shape. God, I pray. Minister to those hearts, God. Set them aflame and ablaze with the love and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray, God. And Father, if there be any God that really need for the first time to give their heart and their life to you, God. Father, that they would, God, do whatever it takes to make that happen, God. Whether it's seeing a prayer counselor, God, or in their own uh, home, God, calling out to you for salvation, God, and for your grace, God. Do those things among us, for it's in the name of the Lord Jesus we pray. And everyone said, Amen.